the whole of chapter 10 in Matthew's Gospel includes Jesus' instructions to his disciples on their great commission to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of heaven, which he tells them is near. Before looking at the verses we have just heard, it is worth noting that when this gospel was written around 85 AD, the early Christian communities were suffering so much persecution that some were losing their faith because of the opposition they faced. And so it is not entirely surprising to find Matthew reminding his followers how Jesus told those first disciples not to be afraid. And so we hear how Jesus used the phrase, do not be afraid, several times in this reading this morning. Jesus is both warning the disciples of the opposition they will face, but at the same time, encouraging them by attacking the fears that might make them abandon their mission. Jesus assured them that whilst their persecutors could destroy their body, they would never be able to destroy their soul. They must adhere to the belief that the coming of the reign of God was inevitable and that fear must not prevent the disciples from reclaiming it. Over these past few months, the lives of all of us have certainly been lived with a degree of fear. For us, it has been a fear of the unknown and the anxiety caused by not being able to socialize and to live our lives in normal ways. And all along, we find ourselves looking for some encouraging signs, mainly in terms of our personal safety and that of our friends and family. In times like this, it is easy to despair, but a word of encouragement can be the key to helping us to cope. It is often said that a word of encouragement does not cost a lot, but it can be the oxygen of the soul. And without it, our enthusiasm and commitment can slowly starve and sometimes die for want of appreciation of our concerns. At those difficult moments, when we are down in our luck and feel disheartened, encouragement is something we all need to help us think in new ways and in order to make our hopes stay alive. And so it is that three times in this short gospel passage, Jesus offers his apostles words of encouragement, telling them not to be afraid, assuring them that the Lord's support will always be with them in moments of trouble. The Twelve were about to embark on their very first mission as Christ's representatives, and he highlights some of the dangers that they will encounter. Jesus wants them to know that the good news will not be welcomed in every household, that inevitably there will be opposition to their preaching, and that certain people will display open animosity to them. He is impressing on them that they must be ready for all kinds of afflictions, but at the same time, he is assuring them that they will be sustained by knowing that evil, sin and death are not going to have the final word. 
no matter what people say on, or do to them, they should not be over-concerned because to be a herald of the truth is never an easy task. The lives of early Christians announcing that good news of Jesus Christ were lived against the background of a pagan culture. We may think this bears some similarity to, to, to today's world, but of course they were setting out to plant seeds into what might be termed virgin soil. There were no churches at all, and therefore no Sunday festivals, no organized religious education, and certainly no church website. They were literally starting from scratch, seeking to give hope of a better way to peoples living in a society in which slavery, immorality, and cruel suffering was commonplace. It was an age when travel was dangerous, communication was difficult, disease was rampant, and most people were illiterate. Into this setting, the apostles were sent, fired up with the conviction that they were pioneers of a new humanity, promoting a kingdom of life, light, goodness, justice, and love. One can imagine that they probably puzzled their neighbours in the way that they remained loyal to Christ and ignored the lure of the easygoing practices of paganism. Sadly, some of these aspects of life during those times are not wholly unlike our own. Just like those early followers, Every day of our lives brings pressures on us to abandon our Christian principles. Many believers today talk about the difficulties of the times in which we live and are sometimes inclined to hearken back to a supposedly golden age of Christianity, as if there ever was one which had a, an ideal environment for announcing a belief in the Christian faith. The main encouragement to be taken from these words is to realize that some 2,000 years ago, the Christian faith first took root and flourished in an atmosphere where it would have been impossible for any other message to survive. The mission was in, that was entrusted to the church at its very beginnings is the same task as is assigned to Christians of every age, including our own. Apostles and disciples are people who have the truth of Christ written into their hearts and are able to make known the good news because God gives them that power through the Holy Spirit. The message given is that in God's eyes, we have a worth and a value beyond counting. He loves us with an infinite love and values us so greatly that he sent his only son to free us from our sin. His love can renew all things and the task of the faithful follower is to let this be known to people who feel far from God and are tempted to believe that there is no hope in their lives. The most effective way of proclaiming this good news is to live unashamedly 
by the values of Jesus Christ. Much of our world today is openly secular, and we are often tempted to be quiet about our faith for fear of being ridiculed or laughed at. It takes moral courage to speak out, to stand up for what we know to be just and right in our hearts, because to use that oft-quoted phrase, for evil to triumph, all that is required is for good people to remain silent. This short passage conveys what is probably one of the most important messages about our mission, which is, is of course, to spread the good news to others of God's love for us all. However, as often is the case, many of us tend to remember this particular passage through the reference to how God cares about sparrows and how he knows how many hairs we have on our head. Yet another example, I think, of how Jesus always has a way of ensuring his story will stay in our minds by illustrating it through everyday and familiar things. In a book called God's Fingerprints by John Samways, he tells a true story about a tiny bird, in this case, a budgerigar. This particular bird belonged to one of his poorer parishioners in Oxford named Paul and relates to the time when he came to the weekly lunch that his church held for homeless and marginalized people. Because on this one day, the main halls were being used as a polling station, the lunch was being held outdoors. And as Paul came down the road towards the church, John could see that he looked very upset. Paul lived on his own, and one of his most prized possessions was his budgerigar. However, the previous evening, he had accidentally left a window open, and the tiny bird had taken his opportunity to fly free. John tried to console him and stayed with him as they ate their lunch. Then as he looked over Paul's shoulder, he spotted a bird approaching, which did no more than land onto their table. And you've guessed it, it was Paul's budgerigar. And to his obvious joy, they were able to catch it, and he returned home that day with his beloved companion. As John Samway concludes, not only had God taught Paul a lesson, he had taught us all of a profound truth. And quoting from Ephesians 3, sorry, Ephesians 3 verse 20, God is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. The message that is clearly heard in today's gospel is not to be afraid to be a witness to the good news. Jesus is asking us to throw in our lot with him with the promise that he will see us through. Whether our fears are great or small, with God's help, we can find the courage to face them with calmness, firmness and determination. God does not ask us to come to him perfect. He works with us, fears and all. As Jeremiah said, like clay in the hands of the potter, 
we are not to fear what may happen tomorrow, because the same loving Father who cares for us today will still care for us tomorrow and every day, and we can be assured that he will shield us from suffering or give us the unfailing strength to bear it. Amen.